Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, No commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Moms Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy Increase your income and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. Franz Tire, certified conscious parenting coach and host of Motherhood Unshackled Podcast. Welcome, friends. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right. So you're a podcast host and uh, a coach. Um, But before we talk about what you do, uh, could you tell us who you are? Who's friends? Yeah. So, I mean, I could answer that in very different ways, but in the purpose of the mom world, I am a mom to a six-year-old little girl, and um, when she was two and a half, actually, her father and I separated. So I've been dealing with, you know, all the things that come with co-parenting and separation. My separation has been, like I've been told that it's a high-conflict separation many, many times from many different professionals. So there's a lot that I've had to deal with over the last four years. Um, but yeah, that's basically who I am. I'm just a mom. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. And, and what has been the most difficult, most challenging part of being a solo mom? For me, it's not necessarily the fact that I was solo. I actually loved in a way being a solo mom. It was like, I didn't have to deal with like 
other people's things, right? Like, you know, we have to deal with the way our partners react, the way that they parent and all that stuff. Like it was no longer something I had to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed being alone with my daughter, even though sometimes help would be nice. Um, I enjoyed that part. But for me, the biggest part, which is something that I hear over and over again from friends and clients and um, just people that I connect with online is the first day back from being with her dad, right? Mm. Not saying anything bad about her dad, but typically a child has like a safe space and like a less safe space, right? And I ended up being her safe space. So the first few interactions, the first few times she'd go see her dad and come back to me, she'd be crazy, like emotional roller coaster up and down, like throwing fits, like just like, insane like just super like so many big emotions it was so hard to handle and like i was reflecting on this recently and like yeah four years ago i had no clue how to handle it and i remember one day i was at a park with her i was like we just need to get out of the house move our bodies get fresh air and i was like sitting at the edge of the park like crying and like thinking i can't do this like this is so bloody hard because Mm -hmm. those first days back like they're just getting used to, you know, my space because she felt like it was a safe space. She was like taking everything out on me and it feels so personal in those moments. So I think it was like, that would be my most challenging part of being. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, um, that mood change would, would be a real challenge, especially when you're never really sure what the, what the reason is so that you, you can pinpoint the reason. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm hoping things have adjusted properly now and it's a little better. (laughs) They're much better. It's like now, so I always say day one, like for me, it's like the transition day or day one, like that was Mm -hmm. the hardest part. And yeah, it's so much better now, like, because well, I've done the work. Like it wasn't necessarily anything that changed with her. Sometimes she still has those massive emotional roller coasters, Mm -hmm. but I've taken care of me. <laughs> I've, right. tools, I've done the self-care. I've done the work that I needed to do in order to be able to handle those days better. Yeah. So it, okay. it is much better now. Yeah. All right. That's great. All right. So I noticed that you have a line in your bio uh, or in your, your communication with me that talk about uh, you help parents find unconventional and practical solutions to the parenting challenges challenges that arise. <laughs> now, that's a lot of work because there are a lot of challenges with parenting. But first of all, how did you pinpoint that pain point to address? With my clients. Um, yeah, part of it, honestly, is an intuitive process. A lot of what I do like with my clients, it's an intuitive process. And okay. then what I've come to realize too is, well, I have the training. Like I was, cert- I am certified conscious parenting coach. So I got all like the Western and the Eastern like modalities to approach things. So like the mm-hmm. more logical ways and then like the more mindful ways. Um, and like as hard as like that day one was, it has literally made me look for resources after resources. It's made me look for coaches to support me. So I've gone through so many experiences that usually what happens with my clients, 
I have experienced it myself and I'm able to help them. Right. But how I pinpoint it really is just to ask a bunch of questions or like specific questions that I know will get us to the bottom of what is actually going on. Yeah. Mm, Okay. All right. Thank you. And what do you find is the biggest uh, issue? Uh, I'm sure there are a lot, you know, but what do you find is the biggest issue challenging parents in these days? There's a lot. If I had to like say one that comes up very, very often is like, they're tired of yelling at their kids. They're tired of like, you know, I feel like I try to be nice. And then like, no matter what I do, they just don't listen. And I feel like the only way they will listen is if I stop and yell at them. Mm. So they want to go past that. They're like, why am I yelling at my kids? Like, what am I missing that I can't do? Like, why can't I stop? Like, so that's a lot of my work. Yes. Yeah. In that line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And do you find that parents are willing to, are able to stop yelling? I mean, I raised three sons, so, you know, I know how it is. Do you work with the parent alone or do you work with both the parent and the child? And do you see a result where they're, the yelling subsides or go away altogether? Yeah. So I don't work with the child. I typically only work with the parents unless there was a very unique situation, Mm -hmm. but for like 99.9% of the time, it's just the parent that I work on. So, and yes, the yelling can stop. So for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. So there was this one mom that came to me, she had four girls and she was like, every time, like, it's just, this is what happens. Like my girl's they fight with each other. It drives me crazy. I try to like nicely get them to like find a way to stop fighting. So let's say if they're fighting over a toy because they don't want to share it or like whatever, they don't want to share. And I'll try to like, okay, girls, like one person can have this, the other person can have that. Like, you know, like trying to be the mediator, trying to mm-hmm. fix the situation. And then they don't listen. And then I just go bad shit crazy. And like, I'll yell or I'll like take the toy, throw it out the, the, wind, the door away or whatever. Right. And she's like, I hate it. Yeah. So we did this work and I took her through a reflective process and really, it was just so interesting. And we like, there's specific questions that I asked her to bring her through this. And what she realized was like, the reason I yell is because when my parents were fighting, I remember this clearly, like when my parents were fighting, I would try to like help them and to be seen and heard. And like, there's nothing I did that they were able to see me. So she's like, I go back to this place where like, I could literally walk in front of them they wouldn't even know that I was there because they're just yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. So she's like, that's what I like when things don't go well, that's what I go back to. But she realized that she was not yelling at really the child, the two girls that were fighting. She was like going back to like that eight year old that wasn't heard by her parents. And she had, she felt like, well, they yelled and that like they were listening to each other. So I guess I have to yell to do that. Right. So it was, it's usually a very much an inner child healing process um, that we have to go through. But once you do that and you go through it and you understand, huh, I'm not actually yelling at the kids in front of me. I'm being triggered from a wound that's within me for a while. And so that's what's going on it has nothing to do with my girl. So now we have choices. We can choose to like 
know I'm about to react and understand why we're about to react and then stop it. Or like there's different ways to break this cycle of reactivity. Either way, there's three ways, either way, either place that you break it. So it's before, during, or after the important part is to do the deconstruction work is to do these reflective questions. And I guide my clients through it. And then eventually they're able to do it themselves because it's quite easy once you know what you're looking for. And, um, and then they can just do it themselves. And instead of yelling, they they then go into, and then you yell and then you feel guilty because you're like, I shouldn't be yelling and all that stuff. And then they then go into connection and you know, even if you yell, you can then do the deconstruction work and be like, Hey, mom was acting pretty crazy. I just felt like this is the only way that you would hear me is if I yelled, but obviously I'm learning. It's not the case. Right. So then you're able to go back to your, your child and to like, you know, be honest with them. Like you don't need to give them every detail, but just saying that to them is like, yeah, you are a bit crazy mom, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then it just brings that moment of connection. They'll usually at that point open up to you and they'll tell you like, it's okay, mom. Or like, you know what, like what, and then you can work together. Like, what can we do next time mom gets triggered? Right. And then it, so instead of like disconnecting with your child, and yelling you're then learning how to process it release it and then Mm -hmm. create a deeper connection with your child so it's very powerful yeah it is and so much of what so much of our reaction to hello solo moms do you feel isolated and alone in your parenting journey are you tired of facing the challenges of solo parenting by yourself if so then I have the perfect solution for you. Join Solo Moms Connect, the ultimate support group for moms raising children on their own. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I want to provide a safe and welcoming space where you can connect with other moms, share your experience, and find, and find answers to your questions. So don't go it alone. Be part of a thriving community of solo moms. Join Solo Moms Connect today. And get the support and guidance you need to succeed as a solo parent. Join us today and be a part of a community of strong and resilient solo moms. Solo Moms Connect, building stronger communities, one mom at a time. So don't wait, click the link below and join us today. Our kids is a reaction, is not a conscious reaction. It's a reaction of, as you said, of something that happened to us a long time ago, um, even during our own childhood. And I find that that's when we, we don't live our best life because we're reliving our own hurt. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I like, it's, it's, it's this thing that like, if it was purely about your child, if it was purely about the moment everyone would react the same way. For example, Mm. swearing is a really good example to use, right? Most people in society think it's bad for kids to swear, right? That comes from like our own upbringing essentially, right? Mm -hmm. But some people don't. Some people don't think it's bad for kids to swear, right? Right. Or like different nationalities or different um, cultures, different languages. Like my main, my first language is French. And for me, like spe- other, like English swear words, they're not, I wasn't brought up 
thinking that they were actually bad. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm, so for mm-hmm. me, like to say things like shit or, you know, whatever the F word or those kinds of things, like for me, it wasn't, I wasn't brought up saying that these words are bad and kids shouldn't use them for me. It was right. the French swear words that were bad. Right. So when someone, when a kid swears, it's like, okay, I know that other people will like think that they're super bad kids for swearing. But for me, it doesn't actually trigger me. Right. And that's a small example, but like if it was actually a very bad thing for a kid to swear, everyone would react the same way. But as a small example, you can see that there's different degrees. Some people, it bothers them. Some people, not at all. And then there's lots of places in between, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's I actually, I can relate to that being Jamaican because we have a lot of swear words that has nothing to do with the ones we know in, in the U.S. or, you know, Canada or wherever. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, so, okay. Give us a few. Give us a few numbers. <laughs> No, you know, and you know, when you, when you say those words to someone, I mean, I don't really swear, but when you say those words to someone who is not familiar with the lingo, I mean, they're looking at you like, and when you hear someone who isn't familiar with the lingo, repeat them, it sounds really funny and you're just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and it's, and it's really funny because like, so I raised my daughter to speak French and English and Mm -hmm. I'll just use the word like the F word, for example, in English, it's perceived as a super bad thing, but in French, the exact same word, the exact same pronunciation means seal, like a seal, like a baby seal or like a seal. Oh boy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so there's nothing wrong with the word. It's just like, it's our past that Mm -hmm. determines how we're going to react when we hear somebody say that word. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And and that's very serious. Uh, It's one of the things I like to address with solo moms when I talk to them is that a lot of the way we live sometimes, if we don't get the healing we need, um, has to do with the stuff that we were brought up with or, we experience along the way. So yeah, good work. Um, so what does it mean to reparent yourself? Just what we've been talking about really. It's to it's not putting blame on our parents, saying that they did something wrong. They mm-hmm. did the best they could with the information they had at the time, right? Mm-hmm. But um I come from the premise of really <laughs> that we are meant to surpass the last generation. So like, you know, I'm surpassing my parents and I, my goal is that my daughter surpasses me. An example that I use all the time is, um, meditation. My mom learned how to meditate when she was 50. I learned how to meditate when I was in my twenties and my daughter is learning like at four or five years old, you know? So it's just like, there's nothing that my parents did that was bad. She just lived, she just did what she could with the information that she had, mm-hmm. but there's things that don't resonate with us. There's um, things in our family of origin that we need to heal in order to be able to thrive. Um, reparenting ourselves is looking at, you know, it's it's kind of like questioning everything, looking at, okay, why am I reacting to my child right now? Is yes. it actually that, or is there something deeper than that, that I need to do? So it's like reparenting is really about just 
when things happen that don't feel good within is looking at it, questioning it and being like, okay, why doesn't this feel good? What is going on? What's deeper than that? Do I actually, is it something that I believe in? Right. Yeah. Most people can relate to is like the money beliefs that we've been given, right? Money doesn't grow on tree. You need to work hard to make money. Is that mm-hmm. true for you or is that not right? Just like you need to observe that to see if that's still your reality. You need to observe like your belief around whether it's bad or good or bad for kids to swear, whether like education is something that you value or not, whether mm-hmm. religion is something that you value or not, whether like sleep and like everything, like yes. absolutely everything. Um, just don't take it for face value and actually questioning it, question it to make sure that it's actually what you value and not what you've been told to value for though. And you don't connect to it, you know? Yes. Yes. I can, I can relate to that as well. Um, when it comes to relationships <laughs> and why you choose the type of relationships you do and the type exactly. of people you, you settle with or settle for, um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And that's, and that's interesting that you said that because, um, and, and it's a, it's a thing and reparenting yourself doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. But for example, I was raised where, um, I was like the second mom from a very, very young age and it wasn't perceived as bad growing up. Right. But it mm-hmm. made it so that I am really good at supporting other people at nurturing other people. And I don't really need anybody to support me. Right. Um, Mm. that's not necessarily the truth as I'm doing this healing, I'm realizing, okay, yeah, my whole life I've been like literally since I was one year old, like as crazy as that sound, I've been supporting myself and other people. And I was Mm -hmm. raised in a beautiful home and a beautiful family, but that's just what happened. Right. And, now that I'm doing the healing, I'm like, I also want to be supported. Right. Right. And I don't need to like receiving love from others. Doesn't like, it doesn't need to be, I can only receive love if I support other people, you know, there's other ways to receive love and it's okay for me to be supported. But funny enough, the partner that I'm with currently, he was very like, you know, a little bit of a mama's boy and he likes to have, he likes, to have other people do things for him. Right. So when we met, it was like perfect. But now that I'm doing the healing and I'm like, no, actually I don't want to support you like this. And I want you to support me. And he's like, what? Like changing the the rules Mm -hmm. of our relationship and challenging that. But it's an invitation for both of us to grow and to realize, okay, yeah, it's okay to support and to be supported and so on and so forth. So that's all related to reparenting yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's good when you can work through it as opposed to realizing that, you know, it's not going to work and you just have to just go your separate ways. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. it, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. Sometimes it's better, <laughs> right? Like sometimes it's better to go your separate ways and sometimes you're able to work through it. So, yeah. Mm. Well, let's touch on that just briefly because uh, this is a solo mom show and there are reasons why some of us are solo moms. There's <laughs> a reason why all of us are solo moms. Yeah. Um, and it has to do with relationships that don't work out, right? So sometimes, yes, it's probably what we had, we needed to do unless we were ill-treated or, you know, abused is to settle back and try to figure out, you know, 
where do we go from here? Like, instead of saying, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And so I think that a lot of times we could have found the reparenting, we could have re reversed and found that common ground again. Because there was a reason you got together in the first place, right? You had stuff in common, right? And so you formed the relationship. But one of you, one of you grew, grow, you know, you, you grew and he's still there thinking, I need somebody to serve me. <laughs> I need somebody to pick up after me. He could grow as well because yeah. we all can change, right? It's not that yeah. you're going to try to change him, but he could determine that he's going to grow because I love this woman. So I'm gonna, just going to grow. <laughs> so I, I wanted to address that because a lot of times we just think, well, you know, he's not doing it for me. I'm gone, which is not really yeah. the best answer, especially if you have kids. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. What can I share what came up for me when you were saying yes, that? Yes, sure. So I think there's so many variations of this and like every situation is very unique and personal. Mm -hmm. But for me, like for me, what happened is that not necessarily, well, it is that I grew, but you said like when you first get together with someone, there's a reason you got together, you had things in common, but here's the thing for, are you familiar with the golden Buddha story? Mm -mm. no okay so roughly shortly briefly the golden buddha story is like there's this village um of like monks that were living and they had this beautiful statue of, the, of a golden buddha like it was very tall and big and it was beautiful and um there's some people coming to attack their village so then they didn't want them to take the golden buddha so they threw a bunch of mud and sticks and stuff over top of it so then when the people invading their village came to see it they're like this is worthless it's just a statue of mud and stuff like we don't need this and they just left it there so then like i think it was something like a hundred years went by and nobody really paid attention to this they just forgot they eventually were able to like be back in their village and they just forgot about this golden buddha stature statue and then one time like a, a young child was meditating in front of it and a piece of mud fell off and he's like he saw like this the glimmer of light that was gold and he was like the the golden the buddha's golden the buddha's golden <laughs> so he went back and they all chipped away at it and like underneath this mud was a golden buddha and i think that's what happens to us like we grow up we get influence from our parents from society from our peers from our teachers from whoever's in our lives right mm -hmm. and we take it all in because at a certain age we don't have a filter we can't decide if we want to take it in or not right so we take it all in and then we become this like i guess you can say like this enmeshed person right where we don't really are able to differentiate between no this is me this is my value this is my truth this is my belief and these are my parents beliefs like mm -hmm. right we have to do that work as part of reparenting ourselves so you're just like, you know, for me, for example, like I grew up in a northern, um, northern Canadian um, town, and it was like very common to like fishing and hunting and that kind of things, right? So when I met my ex, like my um, daughter's father, yeah, daughter's father, um, 
he was like, yeah, like we go to camp, we go to camp every weekend. I love to fish and I love to hunt. And I was like, great, this is what's familiar to me. This is what I grew up with. But then eventually I was like, I actually, I hate this. Like being away from my family, I then realized that like, this is not me. Yes, I grew up Mm -hmm. with it. My brothers love it. My dad loves it, but it's not me. So, and that's just like a small example. But, and when I share this with her dad and he was like, well, you've been lying to me all these years. So it's like, well, no, I like, mm-hmm. I just didn't know. You know what I mean? So like the things that brought us together at the beginning of our relationship were not my true self, okay. right? It was like all these mm-hmm. masks that were like on top of me that I was taking on. So it was really a process of like, yes, we could have worked things out. But at, at this point, the person that you fell in love with is, was like, not me. It was just a bunch of other people's beliefs and values. And you know what I mean? So it all depends on what stage you meet your partner at. I was very young. I was 19 years old. (laughs) So I didn't know who I was at this point. So I think it just depends what stage you meet your partner at and how honest you are and truthful you are to yourself. Right. And like when you're in a relationship and you just do something to please the other person without telling them that you're just doing it to please them then they think oh they love doing this and then all of a sudden you're like i actually hate it they're like well who are you like this yeah is what, right yeah this is what our relationship is based on and then mm-hmm. like you're saying that you've been lying to me this whole time so yeah. i think like the more you understand yourself the more you do like soul work soul care and you can listen to your inner knowing um the more you're actually gonna you know be able to meet that partner Right. But um, it all depends where you were at on your journey, whether you're able to work things out or not with your partner, I think. Mm. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, you know, having a good sense of self before you, you know, take on another person into your life is probably a good idea, but, you know, not one that's practiced until maybe two or three relationships later, right? Exactly. It's yeah. not something that's common. However, that's the work that I do, right? And it's like the same thing as like, you can't love yourself as much as you love another person. Or like mm-hmm. people say that I love my kids more than I love myself. And it's like, it's not true. You cannot right. love another person more than you love yourself. So it's like the more that the parents do the work, then they're creating that blueprint for their kids mm-hmm. to be able to like, to to be able to not have that enmeshment and to allow their kids to differentiate so that like okay well my mom likes this but i like this and that's okay we still love each other it's good so then when they do the more that they can stay true to themselves then they are able to then you know hopefully practice that way sooner than we were which is the point of generations i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right this this is good very good all right uh what is france grateful for today Oh my God. One thing, there's so many things that I've been, it's just been a magical week, really. Um, I would just say that I'm like, if I had to pick one thing that I'm just grateful to have built the relationship with my inner knowing, because um, just so many things have come into my life lately. Mm -hmm. And because I'm making my decisions based on my inner knowing and not really what other people are telling me, I'm able to make like really soul aligned decisions. And it's just really powerful and beautiful to see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. That's good. All right. Tell us how we can get in touch with you. 
So Instagram is probably the easiest way. So I'm sure my um, profile or my handle will be in the show notes, but it's France, mm -hmm. like spelled like the country underscore Carianne. So it's a little bit of a, it's very French actually, not a little bit. It's very French, okay. um, but that's my Instagram handle. And then if they want to like check out my podcast, Motherhood Unshackled um, is on every platform, I believe. Yeah. Motherhood unshackled and you're looking for guests yes yes okay all right yeah. cool they can definitely reach out that probably the easiest way is to re reach out on instagram to um if they want to be guests yeah uh, all right and if we want to participate in your coaching program do we go on instagram or do you have a website uh, i have a website but it's it's right on my instagram as well okay. in my profile so it's pretty easy to find um on there yeah all right. Very cool. All right. Um, give me one piece of advice for a solo mom. Take care of yourself. Um, Amen. Yeah. Like when your when your child is there, find, you know, a few minutes a day if you can to take care of yourself. But when they're with, if you are co-parenting, when they're with your partner, up your self-care by 10 times and like, you know, don't focus on going out and drinking and doing all the things like, you know, just go within and do the self-care so that when your child comes back to you, you are able to be so much more present with them is probably like the biggest thing that saved me over the years. Yeah. Mm, awesome. Thank you, friends, for coming and talking to us on Solo Mom's Talk. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. It's been lovely chatting with you today. <laughs> Thanks. Hello, solo moms. Do you feel isolated and alone in your parenting journey? Are you tired of facing the challenges of solo parenting by yourself? If so, then I have the perfect solution for you. Join Solo Moms Connect, the ultimate support group for moms raising children on their own. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I want to provide a safe and welcoming space where you can connect with other moms, share your experience, and find, and find answers to your questions. So don't go it alone. Be part of a thriving community of solo moms. Join Solo Moms Connect today and get the support and guidance you need to succeed as a solo parent. Join us today and be a part of a community of strong and resilient solo moms. Solo Moms Connect, building stronger communities, one mom at a time. So don't wait, click the link below and join us today. Hello, solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. 
you can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jenatjrosemary.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.